Welcome to a special summer hiatus edition of The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. As promised, these summer hiatus episodes will be releasing some of the bonus content that I recorded throughout this year with some of my favorite guests. Today we're going back to August of 2017 when I was talking for the second time with James Leesk. Along the way, we discuss a terrifying logic puzzle involving a fox, a bag of grain, a baby, and a shopping center. We discuss some spurious product placement in WWE programming. And I introduce James to the natural successor of The Littlest Hobo. We join this conversation already in progress. They sat together in the park As the evening sky grew dark She looked at him and he felt a spark Tingle to his bones Hello, can you hear me okay? I can, loud and clear. Can you hear me? I can, and I can hear the fizzing of your president's choice, King Sugar Cola. Oh, damn. My <laughs> mic is good. I cannot believe you could just drop a reference on me like that and send me rocketing back to the great Canadian superstore in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Well, I had to. Uh, since last time we talked so much about CanCon, I had to open our discussion today talking about the second Ultimate CanCon, the Ultimate CanCon being No Name Brand. <laughs> yep. And the thing is, though, they had the Atlantic versions, which were a little different. I remember there was a fake Dr. Pepper called Dr. Smooth that was like a, had a – um, it's very early in the morning, and I've been up with a, a wakey baby, so <laughs> – I'm going to sound crazy when I say that it was my nickname for a while. <laughs> in no, no, high no, school. no, no. That 100% tracks. And things, it's not even that it was a cool nickname. It was that we were getting some for the thing that we did in high school, which is me and a bunch of my friends would just go over and play Goldeneye for all hours. This was like 1999. Yeah. And so, and, or we'd play Goldeneye or we'd play the one of the terrible South Park shooting games. I managed to drop three two liter bottles of this Dr. Smooth stuff onto my foot, and then one of them broke and sprayed all over the aisle of the grocery store. Oh, and so, and they said, yeah, that's real smooth, and I managed to pick it up and say, yes, it's Dr. Smooth. And from such things, nicknames are born. Nice. And another bit of New Brunswick CanCon for you. I have right here mm-hmm. a oh, bag oh. of Covered Bridge Atlantic Lobster-flavored old-fashioned kettle, <laughs> kettle cooked potato chips. <laughs> That's right. They are made in Waterville, New Brunswick. Get that Bay of Fundy taste on them. Mm-hmm. They actually do have <laughs> lobster in them. Wow, okay. As opposed to just, you know, lobster shavings or whatever else they would use for fake lobster taste. Yeah, this actually does have real lobster ex- extract. <laughs> See, I just pictured them holding a lobster over a plate like they do with, like, parmesan at a restaurant and just, like, shave off a little bit. I mean, just a few, a few scrapings of lobster shell. There are worse ways. <laughs> so how's it going, my dude? That's good, actually. For all that, I sound a little bit bewildered, but no, it's, it's fine. Oh, we had a complicated series of events that was kind of like, you know that math problem where it's like, you know, you have the fox and the chicken and the grain and a boat and you have to like yeah, go yeah, the other yeah, side? Yeah. It was that, but it was me and my partner and our baby and our dog and attempting to like, okay, we're at the park and the park has this little like, kind of like a little shopping center next to it called the Tram Sheds and they have nice food there. But no dogs are allowed inside. But they also have a parents' room in there. So it was like, okay, we get to the park and we're like, all right, let's get some food because we're about to die of hangry. And so Kimiko waits outside with the dog. I go in with, with the stroller and I order some food. And they're like, okay, it's going to be 10 minutes. And so I go back out 
to the front and I say, I'll sit with the dog if you want to go in and change the baby or even just, just, you know, go for a walk or whatever. And she's like, okay. And so she goes in and then she's like, okay, I've now started breastfeeding the baby in the parents' room. I'm going to be stuck here for at least 15 minutes. The food's going to be ready in 10. Do you want to just get it and eat it? And I'm like, well, I've got the dog. She's like, oh, tie him up outside. It'll be fine. It's usually not fine. Our dog is not cool with other dogs usually. And so Mm -hmm. he barks his head off or he'll like nip at them and stuff. He's only little, but he's an asshole. Just like the classic math problem. I mean, if you leave him alone with a baby, he will eat it. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. It gets more complicated because then I go in to get the food and it's paper bag. And just as I get the food and I go back out and I untie the dog and I go back to where we were waiting, I get a a text message from her and she says, "Uh, I need to change the baby and the diaper bag's in the car. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I go all across the park to the other side of the park where we parked holding this bag of lunch that I was about to eat and I could not now with the dog on the other hand, keeping him from taking off from the fact that we're walking and Kimiko's nowhere near because it's her dog and he's very possessive. So that I then like get the diaper bag. So I'm holding a diaper bag and a bag of lunch and a dog with like one finger. And so, and I'm getting back and then I'm like ducking bikes and strollers and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I tie the dog back outside. I go in carrying the lunch into the parents' room, give her the diaper bag, come back outside, get the dog, and sit down. And I'm like, all right, how can I balance the dog and eat my lunch? Which I, I did by being kind of intimidating to the dog and yelling at him whenever he did anything but sit still. And things, saying it now, it doesn't sound as complex as all that. But stretch that over. No, no. In the moment, it would have. In the moment, it would have been a nightmare. This is like a thirty-minute nightmare where it's like I was right on the cusp of like falling over dead from hunger in a crowded shopping center, and like yeah, it's the okay, you get to get the baby there, but the baby can't come out without without the stroller, and the dog can't go into the shopping center, but the lunch is in your hand. And if you leave the lunch anywhere, it will go away because Sydney is a major city, and people will steal things. Uh, <laughs> just like I just wanted, and finally I tucked it in. It was like a karaage chicken rice bowl with like a poached egg on top and i may have done murder to that thing <laughs> um that sounds like a good lunch though yeah because it's like it was that soft egg where it's like you break it up and mix it in with the rice no oh, i know son <laughs> you're down with it although it's funny i, I, I took I'm down with that. i took my boss to his first ever japanese dinner or lunch rather that wasn't sushi or like mm-hmm. takeaway sushi and because at my new work they have a terrible habit of doing that thing that some places do where it's like oh i'm too busy to take lunch if you're taking lunch that means you're not busy and i've only been there like a month but i'm doing my best to combat this by like telling people to go and take their breaks it's okay go eat something go walk around we'll be fine <laughs> and so my boss was like stressing out over something and i finally said have you had lunch he goes, no I'm like, come on we're gonna go have lunch I'm taking you to lunch. And so we went and we sat down and he got a donburi and I got like some edamame and I got some ramen and he sat down and he was eating it and he had this look like he was scared at first. <laughs> and I'm like, you have, you have eaten Japanese food before. He's like, oh, just, yeah, like sushi and stuff. I'm like, you know, there's other stuff. You can sit down. And he went to pick up an edamame and I went, ah, 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 take the bean out. Don't eat the shell. And he went, oh, oh, okay. I'm just like, oh, you sweet summer child. I remember a lot of my friends' first times doing that. Because I also remember, like, when sushi was, like, a new thing for most of us here. And it was, like, during our Japan unit in social studies in, like, high. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. And so they brought, like, one day they brought, like, Tokyo Express, like, grocery <laughs> store sushi. Like, California rolls. Pieces of, like, salmon. <laughs> Everyone else, because I don't even think my school was, like, that white. Like, it was actually one of the more Asian immigrant heavy schools in the area. But no one wanted to try sushi. And so I got, like, ten people's sushi. Oh, sick. That was a good day and not a great afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like I always hated the smell of tuna in a can. And if you had ever told me that, oh, by the way, yeah, 
you know, sushi is just canned tuna with rice around it, I would be like, no, no, thank you. And there are still places that do that, and that sucks. But it's like that real tuna, real tuna is like good shit, mm-hmm. and they don't tell you. I still like canned tuna, but the thing is, it's better to get it in oil than water. That's usually higher quality. Yeah, yeah. And you got to get that good Spanish or Portuguese canned mm-hmm. fish. Now, where do you stand on sardines? I'm down with them, although I like them cooked in certain ways. Like I, I like them cooked in stuff as opposed to just straight out of the can. I still like them in like nice hearty bread, toasted, a little spread of something a little creamy, sardines on top. My ex was German and she was a huge fan of Romops, which is pickled herring in a jar. Oh, I'm familiar. Oh, you know. Of course you know. You're James Leesk. <laughs> also, there's a big like Dutch population here. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It was one of the those things where we were watching. Do you guys get uh, Commissar Rex or Inspector Rex over there? I don't think so. It's well, it's only played on the equivalent of the CBC over here, but it's a German import show about a crime-solving German Shepherd who hangs out at the police station. Like, think the littlest hobo if he was like weaponized and taken over by the state. Yeah, I was gonna say there is room for exactly one crime-solving German Shepherd in my heart, <laughs> and Commissar Rex is not that dog. What's funny, though, is that the, throughout the entire show, the dog is obsessed with, well, they call them ham rolls in the subtitle, but it, it's Liebekäse rolls. So it's like that that ham meatloaf kind of stuff, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. Then they have a New Year's episode, and everyone's hungover, and everyone is, like, smashing roll mops. Oh, that's good. And, she, and, yeah, I saw her eyes light up, and she's like, I know where we can get some. And I'm like, you can get some. That's okay. <laughs> the first Monday in August every year here is, uh, in Alberta is called Heritage Day. Mm-hmm. And so it coincides with the Heritage Festival, which is like a big long weekend, like four-day thing, where there's different pavilions from different countries and ethnicities mm-hmm. and nationalities. And and they'll, they'll have their different foods and there's dances. It's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's off one of our big parks named after Notorious Racist, and that's most parks. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the Dutch pavilion there, and so they'll have like croquetas and stuff mm. in, the, in the pavilion. And I saw on the menu that they had salted herring. I was like, yeah, I'm down for that. That's what I want. That's mm. what I want right now. And I went to the Dutch pavilion, and they were like, oh, oh no, you have to go over there. And it's this little shack 50, like 50 <laughs> feet away from everything else. <laughs> and only the herring is served there. The staff are very, very bored. And I got there, and they did not believe that I wanted some. Like, are, are you sure? You, you do like, know yeah. what this is, right? <laughs> yeah, and so it was just like a half filet of... Or like a filet of herring, like just one side on bun with some mustard and some diced white onions. Mm. On a hot summer day, that was the fucking best. <laughs> was so good. I, I did not get any smooches from my girlfriend at the time the rest of the day. <laughs> that would be a no. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you can get this, but you need to know I will not kiss you the rest of the day. <laughs> and I, and I, what I know what I'm about. What I'm about is salt and herring. <laughs> what you're about is salted fish products. And see, since apparently listening to YouTube videos is all the rage on this show, I am now going to send you the opening of Inspector Rex as it would have aired in Australia. And I want you to watch this, and I want to get your your thoughts on it. Uh, But just before you start it, though, please be aware this series had, I think it's three or four seasons in Germany, then didn't have any funding. And basically it was so popular overseas that an Italian company just bought the show and just started funneling in money saying, please keep making it. It's our most popular show. Nice. And it lasted to season 11 after that. Here I go. (laughs) 
Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, I actually, I think I have to watch this show. The first thing that happens is that a dog jumps through a window and lands beside his partner shooting a gun and then steals a sandwich. Yeah. Yep, it's pretty great. Oh, this is fantastic. I am absolutely going Charmed. to uh, going to try and track down an episode of the show so that I can watch it. <laughs> and also the fact that the chorus of the song is that the dog takes over control. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. Like, like that's no good. joke, it's a bad show. But it's oh, bad no, in that oh, particular I, I, sort of I, way. I guessed. I could guess. <laughs> but sometimes this is what you want to watch. I was going to say, we haven't officially started. This is all back matter. Even though this is gold and it's all staying in. Because who doesn't love discussion of tinned fish and Canadian regional food? Listen, I'm, I'm excited to tear into those potato chips. <laughs> My fiancé is not. <laughs> it's like when, like, again, I, I think, because you, you're, you're about my age, right? How old are you? I don't think so. 32. Okay, you're a little younger, but about the same age. I'm, I'm 35. But there was an era when I was younger where hot dog chips were a thing. Oh, yeah, I could have gotten a bag of Covered Bridge loaded hot dog chips. There you go. But I remember it being like this, like, coveted thing. And it's like, and t- like talking in the schoolyard of whether you could have a ketchup chip and a hot dog chip. And whether that would taste like a hot dog with ketchup. Answer, no, it tasted like chips, but... <laughs> well, yeah, it's like every year they do... I don't know if they do in Australia, but, like, Lay's in American Canada, at least, will do different, like, submit your flavors, and, like, there will be five different, like, regional flavors. They're always a variation on, like, the same thing, like, the same things. Like, there's always a cheesy one. There's always a beefy one. There's always, like, just combinations of existing powders they already put on chips. Except for the first year they did that in Canada, and one of the flavors was maple. Oh, Jesus. They weren't good, but Mm. they were really interesting. They do that here with Smith's Chips, and they've recently done one where it's Smith's Chips Duo, which is basically you've got two flavors in one bag, and they're always complementary. Like, you'll have one that's chicken-flavored, and the other is honey, like, honey barbecue. Like, they'll do one where it's, like, sweet chili and the other sour cream. They try and pick these complementary things from, like, bar food and stuff. I think last time they did one for Ontario that was buttered chicken, and I was like, come on, guys. Like... <laughs> First of all, that was not invented there. Second of all, that's not even where the major population from that area of the world is in Canada. <laughs> Third of all, it was submitted by a white person. Which is not cool. It is whatever it is, but like I was just like... Be that as it may, it was what it was. <laughs> this is not from Hamilton. Butter chicken is not a Hamilton delicacy. Some fucking Thai Cats fan wrote that shit in. Uh, what is funny, though, is that Lay's teamed up with Swiss Chalet last year. <laughs> or this year. It's always so good for so little. To make chalet sauce flavored chips. All right, all right, all right. James Lee's, we're going to have the important conversation. Where do you stand sure. on Swiss Chalet sauce versus Saint Hubert sauce versus Ococ sauce? Do you have St. Hubert's over there no, in Edmonton? No, I've, I've oh, had no. Before. We don't have it in Edmonton. Okay. Ococ. Yeah, okay, thank you. That is the correct answer. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not a big chalet sauce person. I understand why people like it. It's not bad. It's just, it, it doesn't quite hit the flavor I want that to hit. And yet the chips were actually shockingly good. The thing is, I have like, it's one of those things where you like, you tie into a sense memory. And I specifically see my dad eating like a hot chicken sandwich and pouring the chalet sauce into the gravy and having a milfoy afterwards. Like that is kind of like my prototypical in my brain Sunday afternoon. Like, post-church in New Brunswick. We only went to Swiss Chalet sometimes, and mm. 
So like it, I don't have like I have like a couple memories of it, but mm. I mostly have memories of their commercials. Because it was always so good for so little. Except they took it away for a weird period of time. If you you can actually look at the Swishelle wiki, like the wiki. Because <laughs> of course there's a wiki. <laughs> and they actually have a list of their advertising slogans. And so I'm gonna read you a couple of them. Let's hear it. Because at, in 2000 they got rid of always so good for so little. But, but the jingle, the jingle is so sticky. Uh-huh, I know. So they brought it back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And so in that in-between, those those nine years in-between, there was Life Should Taste As Good As Swiss Chalet, which, Ugh. Fine, whatever. Food You Can Feel Good About. No, you can't. Which seems way too generic. Family Happens At Swiss Chalet, which makes it sound way looter than it is. It sounds like they're boning in the bathroom. And so, which if you've ever been to a Swiss Chalet, you know it's not something you want to do. Hell no. And then in 2015, they got rid of Always So Good For So Little Again. And now it is maybe the worst or second worst slogan they've ever had. Depending on how you feel of the first one. Swiss Chalet, Swiss Chalet, okay. But this new one is Nothing Else Is Swiss. But that's patently untrue <laughs> that's the ballsiest fucking slogan imaginable because every single person who hears it is gonna be like well that's a lie there are watches there are army knives there's cesaro yeah there's the country and its other non-superhuman citizens <laughs> which kind of pale in comparison because cesaro is the best yeah so right now they're they're doing that horse shit of nothing else is swiss i think cesaro would have some opinions on that nothing else is swiss someone needs to film a video of cesaro going to swiss chalet and like calling them on their shit i would love that i would love 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 that and he would call them on their shit in five languages i mean here's the thing if they get enough money together vince mcmahon will put anything on air he had enzo trying to fuck a chicken it was a thing. Yeah. Remember that, like, when right when Jerry Lawler had come back from his almost fatal on-air heart attack? Mm-hmm. They had him looking at, like, a, a Carl's Jr. burger, like, lustily. <laughs> like, like a week or two after he came back from, you know, almost dying on air due to heart illness-related incident. <laughs> I do. They had him staring at, like, the awful, the worst, most excessive, just disgusting hamburgers in the world hashtag hardy's hashtag carl's jr and just oh the choices they make with their weird with whatever they will put on air it seems like a miracle that southpaw regional wrestling exists it yeah. is as beautiful as it is yeah have you seen the skittles one with jr no i haven't oh my god because i think the tagline was like just like fruity 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 skittles which is like guys you already have the best slogan in taste the rainbow shut up they have them say it so many times that even JR is like JR, who's normally a consummate professional, is just screaming, Fruity, Fruity, by God, they're Fruity, but Skittles, ah! It's kind of painful. And now, the WWE Slam of the Week is brought to you by Skittles. Share the rainbow. Taste no, the, the Slam of the Week is brought to me by Skittles. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Oh, boy. I will say he's doing a better job than Jerry Lawler. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Such a beacon of unprofessionalness. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, it, it takes a lot to make JR look, uh, per, to look unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, 
J even Jerry Lawler looks professional next to JR, is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Not JR, uh, uh, JBL. Oh, JBL. There the you go. Worst, the, maybe the worst person at WWE right now. That's not Vince McKenna, Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. Like, here's the thing. You can say now, with the benefit of hindsight, that Joey Styles is a terrible person. But I remember getting a great deal of satisfaction hearing that JBL bullied Joey Styles, like, relentlessly in that ribbing way that wrestlers do. To the point where Joey Styles finally turned and, like, one hit knocked him out. Like, full, like, turned and punched his lights out. And Joey Styles is not a big dude. And JBL is a big dude. And so for a moment, I was just like, yeah, fuck you. But then I can't really tell that story anymore because Joey Styles is a piece of shit. So here we are. Yeah. So luckily there are other examples of people cold cocking JBL, sometimes in the ring. Yep. <laughs> Everyone hates him so much. Yeah. All right. So I was going to say should, we should probably actually start. This is all been, yeah. <laughs> this has all been riffing. Like how, like how long in 24 minutes? Yeah, this may end up being a bonus episode depending on how hard I can cut it down. I've been really like cutting back on the back matter because I'm like – Maybe 25 minutes after the credits is a little bit self-indulgent. Whatever you got to do, baby. Yeah. And I'll like tell people, oh, if you want to know about James and how he grew up, you can go to episode... How far back was it? 39. God, that was like that was like 12 weeks ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was quite a while. It's one of those things where it's like, after a while, I'm thinking, oh, that episode just happened. And it's like, no, it didn't. <laughs> I just talked to Chris Rowling. It's like, no, you talked to Chris Rowling in March. So it's been a while. It's the same thing with Exiled, where mm. like we record anywhere from two to four episodes at once, mm -hmm. and so we're pretty much always ahead. Luke, when the day he puts up new episodes, will start tweeting things that I have said during an episode, like quotes from me, and I'm like, I don't recall that. That's, I don't remember. Because <laughs> at that point, it's like a month ago. Be that as it may, it was what it was.